So, good morning, everybody. Today's uh, my anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> so I, said, I said it was nice because I said it was uh, Carrie and Nancy's anniversary and also my friend Elliot Jamal and Sheffy. We all got married the same day. I don't know how come we all got married the same day. But... <laughs> I'm in. But it's also 20, it was, it was 21 ER and also May 12th because it's 38 years and you have the 19 year cycle. So my wonderful wife, Hashem, should give her health and happiness. Amen. Amen. So we read, we read this week's parasha. Hmm? 38 years. Uh, so we read in this week's parasha, So we're reading about the, uh, the, uh, the concept of Shemitah. And, uh, and the uh, Hashem is saying, the Torah is saying, the, the fruit it's going to give it, the land it's going to give its fruit, you're going to eat Lasova to your fill. And you're going you're gonna to be secure w- within the land. And then the Pasuk says something very, very strange. It says, And if you're going to say, What am I going to eat in the seventh year? So I'm telling you, six years you work your field. And the seventh year, you're going to let it sit. So the person's going to say, What do you mean, Hashem? What am I going to eat if I have no field, if I have no, nothing that I'm able to do? He says, Bashana uh, Shevi'it. We're not going to be able to plant and we're not going to be able to collect our crops. So Hashem promises. I, 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 I will ordain and command my blessing unto you on the sixth year. And I'm going to, you're going to give my, my bounty for three years. So the question you have to ask is, and if I don't ask, where is my food going to come? Do I not get the blessing? It seems almost here. He's going to ask the question. And then it says, And then I'm going to command my blessing. So, it's just in Halakha Yomin, it says something very interesting. It says, how could you think that the guy who's going to ask the question is going to get a bigger reward than the guy who doesn't ask the question? It says something very interesting. So, you know, sometimes we think, what's our parnasah? Parnasah is, there's two sides. You know, when you go to accounting school, they tell you, you have to look at the two sides of the balance sheet. And what comes in and what comes out. It says, sometimes we're asking Hashem to give us more to come in. But Hashem could prevent more going out. And if it's more going out, then my balance sheet is works. Hashem prevents it from needing to go out. I could have, I made a lot of money, but all of a sudden... You know, the housekeeper came up last night. She said to me, the washing machine's broken. What are you talking about? I went downstairs. No, she meant the air conditioning didn't go on. But I mean, the washing machine broke. I got to buy a new washing machine. So that goes on the, on the balance sheet, on the expense side. So he says, he brings, uh, he brings in the name of Hacham He says that, what are we saying? He says, how could you say the guy is going to have a bigger bracha if he asks the question? The guy who has faith should have the bigger bracha. And he says that here's how it works. The guy who has 100% faith, who doesn't ask the question, maybe he collects every year 50 tons from his uh, farm. He says, and this year also, the sixth year, he's going to collect 50 tons from his farm. Like every year, he puts the 50 tons in his storerooms, whatever he does. And then what happens? For whatever reason, he's able to keep taking from those storerooms for the next year, the next year, the next year, and it doesn't disappear. That's miraculous right there. There's a miracle there. But the miracle's hidden within the storeroom. He doesn't check every day how much is left. He says, but what's the other guy? 
the other guy, he's asking, Hashem, Hashem, I don't believe, I need to see it. So Hashem's going to give him 150, 150 tons. He says, and that guy's going to see, I have enough for three years, but what's going to happen with 150 tons? 150 tons, he doesn't have enough storage space, he has to hire more workers, it's not so easy when he has to ask the question. But then someone asked me a different question. I said, I don't understand. If Hashem's going to make the miracle and give them the food, what do you have to work for anyway? If, if you're going to have, if I should just have bitachon that Hashem's going to take care of me, just like He takes care of everything else, why do I have to have the hishtadlut at all? Why do I need the hishtadlut? Let me just sit, and I'm going to learn and read, and let Hashem take care of the rest. Why do I have to work six years in order to see the miracle, that I should have the miracle in the other years? Then it's not a miracle. Then it's an open miracle. But, but I think there's a, there was an, another concept that I, that I, that I heard. So... The, my rabbi, was, uh, my rabbi was, a, was a student of the Chazon Ish. And a, a certain Rosh Kolel came to the Chazon Ish in the, in the early 1950, 1950, 1951. And he tells the Chazon Ish, he tells him, listen, I have a problem. My Kolel, every month, we just get by, we just get by. This month, I'm two weeks already into the month, and I don't have a nickel in order to pay all the guys who come learn, all the Avrahim, I don't have money to pay them, I don't know what to do. I literally don't have a nickel, I don't know what to do, and I'm in debt. He says, I'm going to go to America, and in America, God willing, I'll be able to collect, I want you to give me a bracha, that I should be successful on my trip to America. So the Chazon Ish tells him, I give you a bracha, that when the day you have to pay the, the, Avrahim, the, the students, you're going to have the money, and you should have plenty extra. I'm going to give you a bracha, you should be able to pay, have plenty. He says, no, no, I want you to give me a bracha, then I'm going to go to America and I'm going to be successful when I get to America. <laughs> he goes, I give you a bracha, when you're going to have to pay the students, you're going to have enough and you'll have plenty extra. He says, I don't know what the rabbi's talking about. He goes the next day, he flies to America. Remember, he's 51, 52. Long, you know, not so easy to collect then. He goes, he comes to Brooklyn, he goes to the regular rounds, he goes to the Lower East Side, he does the regular rounds. He goes to little Jewish communities, wherever they are, and he tries to collect. One day he collects a dollar here, two dollars there, whatever he collects from each of the people. He's there four or five days, and he hasn't even paid yet for the ticket to get here. That's how little he collected. And he's very depressed. He keeps going. He knows, I'm only here a week. I only have another day or two. What am I going to do? He goes pushing, pushing. Finally, it's time to go home. And literally, to the nickel, he collected exactly what it cost him to get to America and to get home. And he's getting on the plane and he's very depressed. He says, I don't understand, I came to America, the rabbi told me I'm gonna be able to pay the guys, what happened? He lands the plane, I don't know, what was the airport called in 1951? It wasn't Ben-Gurion yet, right? So whatever it was called in 1951, what was it called? Lord, Lord, <laughs> gets to the airport. They come, he says, one of his students comes to pick him up in the airport. And he's very excited and the student's like, Rabbi, hurry, like, get through customs and uh, you gotta come, you gotta come. The rabbi sees the kids jumping up and down. He goes, what, what happened? What happened? He goes, there's a, there's a, there's a guy in the, in, the, in the kolel. He's waiting for you. He's been there from the morning. He's waiting for you the whole day. Came from, from, from out of the country. I don't know where he's from. He says, okay, let's go, let's go. Okay. So you get from there, go back to B'nai Brak, come to the kolel. Comes into the kolel, sees sitting in the front, the guy... In a beige suit, a beautiful beige suit. He goes, obviously, the guy's not a local. He goes, he starts talking to the guy. The guy tells him, I'm from South America. He goes, you're from South America? He goes, yeah, and I've been here all day, and it's beautiful to watch all these 
the students, how they learn and how they're dedicated to the learning. He goes, well, what brings you here? He goes, you know, my father used to live two doors down from the Kolel. And he just passed away. And my father every day would look at the boys going in and out of the Kolel. Sometimes he would come in here and it gave him such comfort to see that the Torah is still going and still growing. And you know, we, we left, we, were, we, didn't, we never came to Israel, we went to South America, and thank God we're very successful. He goes, you know, now my father passed away, and this is his block. This is where he should be, this is where he feels strength. There's no name on the kolel, he says. I want to know, could I put my father's name and name the kolel for my father? He goes, maybe, you know, I don't know, you know we could talk about it. He goes, <laughs> he goes, you know, Robert, let me ask you a question. Would a million dollars be enough to cover the cost to put my father's name on the kolel? <laughs> yeah, I think it would just about do it. 1951. Wow. Wow. So, okay, so they make a thing. He's going to give them the check. Whatever. They're going to make a dinner, invite all the family, make a whole ceremony. But he says, okay, thank you so much. He gives them whatever. He says, I'm going to give you a deposit. You don't have. Now, the rabbi goes, runs to the house of the Chazonish. He comes to the Chazon Ish. If you ever saw the pictures, you know, a little apartment. So go upstairs to the apartment. Comes to the apartment. My rabbi used to, me, used to sit, literally my rabbi lived in the kitchen over there. He says he used to come, he comes upstairs. Who opens the door? You know, knock on the door. The Chazon Ish comes to open the door. You know, he doesn't have a servant. He says, oh, you're back from America. You know? <laughs> he goes, Rabbi, I don't understand. He goes, how did it go? How did it go in America? He goes, Rabbi, I have seven days. I went every single day. I talked to everyone. I went to this appointment, that appointment. This guy wasn't there. This guy was out of town. This guy couldn't help me. This guy couldn't do anything. I literally paid for the trip. But then I came back today, and look what happened. Rabbi, I have to ask you a question. Why did you make me go to America? You knew that I wasn't going to be successful in America. You gave me the bracha that I'm only going to be able to... Collect the, I'm going to be able to pay the, the, the guys when I have to pay the guys. Why did you give me, why don't you just tell me not to waste my time? Why did you make me go to America? And the Chazonish tells him something. He says, you know, sometimes you go Friday, you buy a beautiful big fish from the, from the market, and you bring the fish home, and all of a sudden you cut the fish open, you're going to fillet the fish, and you cut the fish open, and you see in the belly of the fish, there's little fish. He said, wow, this fish was eating and then he got caught. But if you look at the little fish inside the belly of the fish, which direction are those fish facing? Normally you would think that a big fish is chasing the little fish and he's going to eat them by the tail. So if they're going into his stomach, you're going to see it's in the same direction, the tail to the tail, the head to the tail. He goes, but if you look inside, the fish are facing the other way. Say, how does that work? The big fish is chasing the little fish. He's going to eat them and they switch direction when they get into his mouth? Where they think they're going to swim out the back door? What, what's going on? He says, you have to understand. The big fish are chasing the little fish. And they think they're going to catch the little fish, but they don't catch the little fish. But Hashem, who brings Mazon to every creature, sends other fish into the big fish to feed him. The other fish go into the fish to feed him. But the big fish thinks he's chasing the other fish, but he doesn't get those fish. He says, in life, sometimes we chase and chase and chase. We don't get what we chase. But Hashem's going to take care of it another way. So the question is, so what do I need to chase if Hashem's going to take care of it the other way? 
I said, I remember I was in Florida a couple of years ago, and I sat, there was one, one, one uh, Saturday afternoon, and we had, it was, wasn't so many guys in, the, in Joe Carey's little synagogue. We had maybe 12, 13 guys. And I was giving a class in between Minchan and Arbit, and the class just went on. We were talking about Bitachon, and we're talking about the miracles that people go through. And I'm sitting there with, you know, probably the wealthiest guys in, in our community. And one guy, who never comes to shul, only came that night because that night his mother's yard site was Saturday night. So he came Saturday night because he had to say Kaddish for his mother. He never said a word, never comes to shul, not really observant guy. We started to talk and one guy told the story, one guy told his sister's story, he goes, I'm probably the first guy in this community in real estate. And thank God I'm very, very wealthy and very comfortable. But I have to admit something in front of you guys now. He goes, every time I did something that I thought was exactly 100% and was going to be successful, it failed. And every time I did things that were iffy, that I thought there's no way this is going to work, that worked. And I have to admit today that I'm already in close to 80 years old, he said, that everything I have in my life is from Hashem. Whatever I could say that I knew and I was smart and I was the first and I was this, I admit it's from Hashem. So if you go back to the Chazon Isha story, he says, we don't appreciate if Hashem just gives us without us making the effort. We make the effort. We go do the deal. We fly to here. We fly to there. We try to do the deal. We press this one, get this connection. And then it doesn't work. And then all of a sudden I get back because I miss my plane. I get back on another plane and I'm sitting next to the buyer of such and such a company. And that person tells me, you know, what's your name? Did it go back? And I made the biggest deal of my life. What do you mean? I made the biggest I missed the plane. I made all this effort, but I met the guy. That's a miracle. That's Hashem telling me, I'm in charge. I'm the one taking care of it. But I won't appreciate that miracle if I didn't make the effort on the other time. If I'm not the fish chasing the other fish. If I'm not working hard and seeing how hard it is to make a living. What does it say? It says the difficulty making a living is as hard as splitting of the sea. What does that mean? The reality is it would take a miracle. I could effort, effort, effort. I can't succeed. And then I see where does my success come? It comes from Hashem. Only when I make the effort and I try and I see it's not really coming from me. It's really coming from Hashem. I'm chasing those fish. But it's Hashem who's sending the fish directly to me. Do I really appreciate what Hashem is doing for me? So our faith has to be more than just that faith. We have to have faith that, you know what? Hashem, thank you. I realize how difficult it is. I realize how hard I work. I think a lot of times, that it's all from me. And then I realize in the end, Hashem, no, it's really all coming from you. And because I work so hard, I appreciate that much more what you're doing for me. Hashem should bless all of us with health and happiness. We should be successful. Everybody, Shabbat Shalom. Story. So this story brings this story they bring in halacha yomit. So it's a story I heard. I heard from my rabbi. He tell me a true story, but 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 I heard, I heard a few different stories like it. But all of them are the same. It says what happens is a certain guy. He comes from Europe, and in Europe he was in the Holocaust. He he was a kid in the Holocaust. He came as a very young man. He never learned to read or write. So he comes. And what happens? He comes into to America and needs a job. He's 17, 18 year old. He needs a job. So he says, you know what? The guy in the shul says, you know what? You could be the guy. You'll be the, the shamash in the, in the shul. You put the books back. You set the breakfast up. You make the coffee in the morning. You take care of everything. 
He says, fine, I'll do whatever I have to do. He's there, the first guy, he turns on the furnace in the morning, makes sure the shul is working, has everybody's coffee, does everything he's supposed to do. He's there one day, he's there two days, he's there three days, then Thursday. Uh, he's there Thursday and they tell him, you know, you got to write down, when the people go up to the Torah, they make a pledge, you have to write down the pledge. He goes, I, I can't write down the pledge. I don't know how to write. I don't know how to read, I don't know how to write. What do you want me to do? Because you don't know how to read and write. You can't be the, the guy, you can't be the shamash in the shul. And they fire him. Guy's fired. Now what am I going to do? He gets, a, he gets a barrel, a wheelbarrow. He gets some merchandise. He goes to the corner. And he starts to sell, you know, a dollar for this, a dollar for that, a dollar for this. And he sells everything out in an hour. Next day, he finds a wholesaler. And he says, could you give me some stuff? And he takes his peddling uh, thing. And he goes stand on another corner. He sells, he sells, and he does this for a few weeks. Then he sees the police come and yell at you if you do this. He says, let me get a license. Gets a license. A few weeks later, a guy says, you know, there's a small little stand for rent in the, in the flea market. He gets the flea market. He goes from the flea market, he opens a store. From the store, he opens up another store. From that store, he opens up 20 stores. Fast forward 30 years in his life. And he's running this whole big business. And a guy comes to merge the company and they send them the contracts, they're gonna merge the company and they come to the signing of the contract and the, the guy who's doing the deal with him says, you know, I want you to review the contracts. My lawyer reviewed everything, everything's good. He goes, and I'm just gonna sign. He, he, says, he says that, no, no, I want you to read exactly to make sure we both know what we're getting into. He says, I'm sorry, it's not possible. He goes, what do you mean it's not possible? He goes, I never learned to read and write. He goes, you run a big business with all of these things and you never learned to read and write? He goes, yeah. He goes, could you just imagine what your life would have been had you learned to read and write? He says, yes, I still would have been the shamash in the synagogue. I don't know if the true story is true, they tell, but, but I had a guy in my shul, I had a guy in my shul, in my, my shul who, was, who owned tons of real estate, didn't know how to sign his name, he only could sign an X, he couldn't read or write. The rabbi used to tell me, I don't understand, that's what you see that Hashem gives you. And the guy started out, he owned a Frankfurter stand. That's how he started out, a Frankfurter stand in, uh, in Manhattan. That's what his business was. And from there, he bought the building and the next building and the next building. And he never learned how to read or write. The rabbi used to tell me, I never understood. And this guy was the biggest gavir of the synagogue, giving the most money. And imagine, who knows? We have to understand, the bracha is always coming from Hashem. It's never kochi ve'otzim yadi. It's always Hashem giving us the bracha. Rabbi, do you know the guy that lives across the street from you? 